Ephesians chapter 5, I'm going to uh, continue something that I, that I started on back in May. I, uh, I had uh, an opportunity then in teaching, and I, I was speaking on what to do when you get, you know, kind of in the empty nest syndrome for some of us that are, have no children at home. But the truth of the matter is, is everything I'm going to say this morning applies to all of us, single, married, widowed, uh, widower, uh, happily married, not so happily married. I mean, there's even hope for you. So uh, there's something there, I think, for all of us and each of us, whether you have children at home or not have children at home. So uh, you kind of listen and see if there's just something there you can pick up. This is not an exposition of scripture. This is more of of, uh, I'm going to share a few things that I uh, found in my life to be true and helpful and things that I hope and pray uh, might be helpful to you as well. But Ephesians chapter 5, that's the classic scripture we know you go to when you're dealing with anything that has to do with marriage uh, and the family. In our church in Fairfax, when I was there, I, I taught a Sunday school class and I taught on marriage and the home and family for some 25 years every Sunday. That was the only thing uh, that I taught on. And so obviously I had to repeat myself a lot, but I found everything I could find in the Bible about it. Uh, I found things outside the Bible that I shouldn't have, but I found those that I could teach. Oh, I mean, when, you're, when that's all you do, you, you're looking for everything and anything you can find uh, to share. So I'm going to share some things with you uh, from, the, from the scripture and in the personal application for each of us as well. Uh, notice, if you would, in, in Ephesians 5, 18. This, these are verses we normally skip when we deal with the family, but in home and marriage, but it's, it's here first. In, in verse 18, be not drunk with wine, wherein is excess, but be filled with the Spirit, speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord, giving thanks always for all things unto God and the Father, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, submitting yourselves one to another in the fear of God. Wives, submit yourselves unto your own husbands as unto the Lord. Now, this is most men's life verse uh, that they hang on to because that's just so important to them as well. But there are other verses in the Bible. Uh, in verse 23, for the husband's the head of the, the wife, even as Christ is head of the church, and he's the Savior of the body. Father in heaven, I do pray you'll Bless our time together this morning. How we pray, Lord, for a pastor as well, that you'll bless him and, and heal his body and give him strength and uh, give him patience in getting through this. And pray, Lord, that you might return him back uh, soon. Bless us together now, Lord, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. We think about uh, our homes and you get the little child and it's exciting and, and we have a, a grandson, they're expecting their first child. and all the anticipation that goes along with it. And, and many of us have been there before uh, with a child coming. Uh, and then they're growing up, and then you're, you, it's, it's a mixed bag sometime. Okay, I've said, they're going on now. Yay, they're going on. Or, or <laughs> they're going, and they're leaving our home, and we're empty nesters now. And, but there's a time of rejoicing or not rejoicing, uh, and it just depends somewhat as well. But I think about our lives together as a couple that many times, uh, and they say that the second greatest time for divorces is when, when the children do leave the home. And it's often because 
you know, moms and or dads, you know, focus all their time and attention there to the children. Uh, and then it's like when they're gone, it's like, you know, you look around the room for the kids and, and all you see is your spouse and you think, my soul, is that all I've got left? You know, and, and you're, you're wondering sometimes and it's like, oh no, this is, this is bigger than I thought. And I don't know if I can handle this. And where are the kids, you know? <laughs> and then you get the grandchildren and then you think, oh, I'm glad they're leaving here soon, right after dinner. So, you know, I'm, I'm happy for them. I love them and all, but, you know, I, it was nice having you again. But, you know, so you get these mixed feelings as well. But the bottom line is the two of you. You know, the one thing that God says is for keeps here, of a, among other things, but is this marriage. So husband and wife, it is most, I think all of us said, till death do us part. And that's what it should mean. But unfortunately, it doesn't always happen like that. But that's the covenant relationship we're supposed to have as husband and wife. It's to each other and to the Lord as well. But as we commit that way, that's the way it is with a spouse. It's not the way it is with your children. So your children are to be released. Uh, we're to train them. We have them for 18, 20 years, 22, 3 years, some 40, 50 years, but you, hopefully you get them in 20 years. But, but you've got your kids there for a while, and you're hoping and praying that God is going to wonderfully use them. You know, a lot of times, most of us think when, when as kids grow up, and I've seen this before many times, and when they go off to college, and then all of a sudden it's like, you know, really, when they go off to college or they go off and get married or they go in the military or whatever, but they leave home, it's like, you know, my training days are over. And Lord willing, I'm going to have the input put into them, the character in them to build up so that when they are roughly 18 and leave home, no matter where they go, they'll know how to act. They'll, they'll be the man of God or the woman of God that God intends for them to be. But the truth of the matter is, you can't always follow them around all the time. Train up a child in the way he should go, and when he is old, he'll not depart from it. <clears throat> for a long time, <clears throat> I thought that was a promise in the Bible. And then I had our first and only child. And I realized that's not a promise. Uh, that's a good principle. But it's not exactly a problem. But thank the Lord for us. <clears throat> um, our sons walking with God always has. But I'm saying you see that a lot of times. Kids go off on their own. You think, what happened? But I remind us, every one of us, the Bible says, shall give an account of himself to the Lord. So thankfully, I can train my child the way he should go. And then when he goes, it's like, I let go. And, and by the way, if you haven't been there yet, that's a hard thing to do sometimes, uh, is to just let go. Uh, okay, Lord, we give them to you. It's like, well, the only thing I have left, just give them to God. Well, hey, that's where you start, you know, is give them to God. Uh, and then you just pray that the Lord will work, and you pray they'll have the, the character that they need as well. But what happens sometimes when children don't turn out the way you thought you trained them, the way you prayed for them? Maybe they get messed up in their life or get on drugs, God forbid, or alcohol, which is a drug, or, or any other bad thing you didn't want them to get involved in, or they just loss of respect and loss of love and, and change. And I know, and I know as, as I've had the, the 
privilege of being a person and being with us. I'm saying that because a lot of times people think preachers aren't really real, but we are. But anyhow, uh, you know, we've gone through every problem everybody else has just about in a lot of, of struggles and work with others, and, and we see a lot uh, in working with that. But it, it hurts sometimes when children and grandchildren don't turn out the way you want them to. And most of us, as you have children and grandchildren, uh, will find somewhere along the way, one of them or more is going to not go according to the scriptures. And it hurts. And you think, first thing you do is you start looking inwardly. You know, what did I go wrong? What happened? Why? I thought for sure I taught them better than that and trained them well. And why is it? And I, I, that thought has been in my mind a lot because I've seen so many people that have that hurt. Mary and I have gone through that with extended family. And you think, what happened? What, what, was, what was different? And you think through, well, hey, there was in, we, we had our, our, in a Bible preaching church. We had the Goodman Sunday School. They went to VBS. Uh, they, they've been trained. We had our family devotions. And we had, the, I mean, all of it there. We tried to set the right example, all of it. But then still, they don't always turn out right. And that thought ran to my mind. It's been to my mind for a while. And just um, a couple of months ago, I, I ran, as I was going through the scriptures, I jotted down some things. Because you think, is it, am I the bad parent? Do I have the guilt? Or is it a false guilt that is there? And here, here's something. I just I made a little list, and I'll go through it quickly. A little list, and I just titled it, Parents Whose Children Rebelled. And I started reading through my Bible, and I kept that in mind when I come to it. David, his children, Absalom and Solomon, rebelled. Jehoshaphat's son, Jehoram, 2 Chronicles 21, rebelled. <clears throat> uh, Jotham's son, Ahaz, rebelled. Hezekiah, I mean, the great revival in the Bible. His son, Manasseh, one of the most wicked kings ever, rebelled against God in, in all of his training. Josiah, we all love Josiah. There's been no king like Josiah before or after, the Bible says. But his son Jehoiakim was bad. And then Josiah's grandson, Jehoiachin, in 2 Chronicles 36, was bad. <clears throat> Josiah's son Zedekiah went bad. Uh, and then uh, Aaron's uh, sons, Nadab and Abihu, you know, they, they had the strange fire they offered before the Lord. God killed them. <clears throat> They went bad. Gideon, we all love Gideon. And his son, Abimelech, uh, <clears throat> killed his 70 brothers. And <clears throat> that's not good family relations when you do that uh, <clears throat> at all. Uh, Eli's sons, the Bible says, they were sons of Belial. <clears throat> they knew not the Lord. They're sons of the devil, the Bible says. Uh, but Eli was a, a wonderful man. Samuel's sons, Adam and Eve. Uh, <clears throat> I mean, and, the, and that was just when I stopped. But I, I look at that and I think, it happens, folks. Uh, it happens. <clears throat> and one of the things for us is, I can confess my sins, uh, and I can get it right with the Lord. And by the way, if we have failed a son or a daughter or a grandchild, and we have done something wrong, it doesn't hurt to go and say, hey, I was wrong in this issue. Would you please forgive me? And by the way, if you don't do that with your children growing up, uh, you, you're kind of missing out because that's a good training time as well. Say, mom and dad can be wrong sometimes. 
uh, or at least a mom can be, but I don't know about that. Uh, and by the way, I'm preaching on pride later, so I understand. But anyhow, uh, so I think, well, you know, all of us can go astray. We can all do something wrong. <clears throat> and you just go and you ask for forgiveness. But anyhow, that was that was something that's uh, <clears throat> been on my mind. That's why I had it down there uh, just to share with you that sometimes things like that happen. And you can't figure it out. Uh, it's just you do your best. You serve the Lord. You give God everything. But sometimes things just don't work out the way we want it to or the way God wants it to. But you you don't ever give up hope. You keep on praying, and that's a good thing. I was one of those rebellious sons myself, and I thank God I had a God-fearing Christian praying mother that never gave up on me. Uh, and we'll all probably have a lot to thank mothers and dads and pastors and, and pastor's wives for and Sunday school teachers that cared about us and cared about our families and helped us along the way. But <clears throat> thank the Lord for that. But I, so I think, too, another thing, when I think about children and grandchildren, I think about some of us that <clears throat> you get to the place where they are gone. You know, the children are gone from the house, uh, <clears throat> and you have now new opportunities when you have I always thought that when I was pastoring, I thought, okay, some of these retired people, and we didn't have many in our church, but we had some, and I thought, as a retired person, I've always thought, I've got a little bit more time on my life now, in my life, and I can use it more in serving God or helping someone or doing for other people. And you think, what an opportunity that we have in doing that uh, and the opportunities. You can develop a, a hobby or a pursuit or something else. But I want to think for just a moment. I'm going to ask you a question uh, and see if, if you could just respond back. If I were a new person at, by the way, I forgot I am. Uh, I've only been here a couple of months. But anyhow, as a new person coming to Gospel Baptist Church, what opportunities are there in serving at Gospel Baptist Church? What, what could, if somebody came up, if I came up and said, hey, I want to get involved, what can I do? What are the needs? What, what are the opportunities here in this church? What are some of the opportunities? And I'm saying, I'd say, well, you've been in church all your life. You know, I know. But somebody else that may be a new convert. Okay, I've, I've just got saved. What do I do now? How can I serve the Lord? I'm supposed to be the, his workmanship, creating Christ Jesus unto good works. What are they? What can I do as far as serving God through my church? Some things maybe that you do uh, or opportunities that you know of. Just kind of share them. Just throw them out. So somebody, pardon me? Nursery, bus ministry, you know, bus ministry is where some of us, that's where I learned how to win a soul to Christ was a bus ministry. I got involved in it when I was in school and, and I learned how. Other things, soul winning, door to door. Amen. Brother Tom, you think about just being here. That's, you know, for new converts particularly, that's the first step, isn't it? You know, being here Sunday morning, Sunday night, and Wednesday night. Well, forget that. But anyhow, you try to get to Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night for all of us, you know, because you want to develop that word faithfulness in your life and serving uh, the Lord. What else? What are other opportunities? Choir. 
music ministry. Wow. Bible study. Awanas. Maintenance around the church. Mike is complaining right now. He doesn't have enough help. So he's trying to recruit us. Uh, uh, he's recruited me. I'm trying to get involved. I put it off as long as I can. I'm sorry, John. Shut-ins and nursing homes. I mean, you know, and it goes, it goes on and on. There are just a lot of things to get involved in. I say for all of us, we need to get involved. We need to have, everyone should have their ministry in and through a local church. And you keep in mind, we all have gifts that God has given us. I mean, the gifts of the Spirit. Uh, and, the, and, and not just the gift of the Spirit, but the gift that the Holy Spirit gives us. Uh, so there, depending on your theology, there's 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, uh, and charismatic 17 or 18, but we're not there. But anyhow, so you've got a number of these gifts that are there uh, for us, and each of us has at least one, and some have more than one. We're to find out what it is, and they're all for the purpose of serving God through our local church. Always. That's God's plan. That's, that's his program. So it's not like, well, I, you know, I... I've, now that now that uh, COVID came here a couple years ago, and and I can do that live streaming stuff, you know, yeah, it's it's kind of nice being able to go to church in your pajamas, you know, and you just stay at home and have a peanut butter and jelly sandwich, you know, for lunch while the preachers. I'll be right back, preacher, and you know, and you you go. I mean, you know, you just and it's but um, there's something about not forsaking the assembly that is vitally important. For each of us. And and it's not like church is a place where I just come. That's You start out that way. That's kindergarten. You start out that way, but it's a place to serve. And that, I've always thought, as I've watched people, that's what we miss out on so many times. We just miss the purpose for why God saved my soul to bring honor and glory to Him. And I need to bring that glory to Him and serve Him with all of my heart and soul. But it's so vitally important for for each of us. And then, you know, you think too, which is the wonderful thing, when when your children are growing up or sometimes they're just teenagers and they're out and you've got more more time together to do things together. Uh, And it's kind of nice to be able to have a time together as husband and wife and and not have the interruptions that you might have had earlier in other times. Uh, and, And by the way, going out to dinner, we all know it's expensive and it's more expensive than ever now, but think of it if you had all those 17 kids there lined up and you had to pay for their food again, but you're so glad, I mean, you're, you're sad that they left. Uh, but, uh, but at least, you know, at least you got a little bit, keep a little bit more money in your wallet and your, your savings. And that's something that some vain people consider. But, uh, but for all of us, you're just thankful for that. And just having the time, Time for each other and uh, is is vitally important. I remember uh, a fellow in our in our church um, that was uh, a good man, but he anyhow he got saved. But he was telling me about his dad, his mom and dad. His dad was in the military, and his dad uh, he said when his dad retired, and his dad was unsaved. He said when his dad retired. He told his wife, he said, look, he said, you've been with me 25, 30 years, all these different stations where we've gone and followed me. And we've, I've been, and he said, now I just want to know where do you want to live? And that's where we're going to move to and live. And I always thought that was really nice, but particularly for an unsaved person. 
But that's always been in the back of the my, of my mind as well. When I got to the retirement time, um, 20, almost 20 years ago, and I was thinking about that, I asked Mary where she wanted to move. I said, would you be interested in moving to Florida? And you know, it's just amazing. She said, yes. And I thought, so that's how we wound up down here. But I, you know, but you, but you have that time, you know, where you spend that time together and it is, uh, it's wonderful. And I'll mention that way. So you get involved in church and being faithful to everything and faithful in our giving and faithful in our going and faithful in our visitation uh, and all of it there, which is so vitally important in, in finding my niche uh, that I have there. And I think sometimes too, when you, when you kind of get uh, empty nested, uh, you you have more the more time, but you you can do more things. You can go places, and you think maybe you've got a bucket list. Uh, and sometimes as we get older, it's like I better hurry up and use it because I might not be able to reach in that bucket much longer. Uh, and I've got to get going with it while while I still can. But <clears throat> you think about just some of the things you'd like to do, and maybe you haven't had the time to do. Um, it's nice to be able to take time. Mary and I, one of the things we've enjoyed uh, doing is visiting uh, churches and visiting some churches that got started out of our church in Virginia. And it's just nice to be involved in ministry and, and time together. And just husband-wife time, uh, it's so vitally important for all of us in keeping it going. And then I think, too, with when you particularly when you get the empty nest syndrome, <clears throat> Uh, that another thing you can rejoice in, you don't any longer, you don't have to drive the minivan anymore. You know, you can get rid of it. Yeah, we dumped it, you know, and we, I, I bought me a red Mustang convertible. You can do what you want, but I'm just telling you what I did. Uh, and it's worked for me. It's kept me happy ever since. Uh, uh, so, so, but you uh, just, there are things you can do, you know. So, I mean, I'm just saying it's not that bad. We all miss, we all miss children, but keep in mind, uh, today, they're only uh, a, a, a FaceTime away and uh, to talk. But I remember in military when I was 17, 18 years, when I was 18, I got transferred to Italy uh, as a single, and I thought unsaved. And I was in Italy for two years before I ever heard my parents' voice or saw their face until I got back home. And you think, no, not today. Today, you know, it's just there, uh, and you can have it, and you can. <clears throat> have that time to, to stay close to each other as well. So someone said, I like what someone said, don't cry because it's over, but smile because it happened. You know, so thankful. Uh, and, I, and children are such a blessing, <clears throat> which we know. Uh, Mary and I decided when we got married, she was one of five, I was one of six. And so we decided we're going to have four or five children and we had one, and we never got any more, uh, although we wanted more, but we just got never. And then we realized there are plenty of people that never had their first child, you know. And so you just, you, you kind of be thankful for the sovereignty of God. God knows what he's doing in all of our lives. And sometimes you wait, and sometimes it's longer than you expected. Uh, and the sovereignty of God is something for all of us to be think about, to keep in mind, and to know that God knows what he's doing, and God works out his perfect will uh, for each of us. And so you're thankful for that, and thankful that God cares about us, 
uh, and the opportunities we have of being able to serve him. But you think about our lives and ministries with each other and husband and wife relationship and the time we have together and being able to serve God. Uh, it's just a, a special blessing. And I, I would encourage everyone, think about too. So you think about ministry and life and some of the things that we have found out by moving down here. We've been, we were up in Lakeland uh, for 18 years, and that's different than down here uh, because down here, half the people go home to someplace else and they don't call this home uh, down here. And so you, I understand there's kind of like two church groups uh, and so I'm, I'm anxious to meet the next group that comes in November, December, I guess. Uh, but, but you look at the opportunities that we have in serving the Lord. And there, there are plenty of doors out there. And, and there are plenty of people out there. And we just have to keep on going and giving God our very best. But most importantly for all of us, I think, is stopping and reflecting on just the goodness of God in our lives and how good God has been to each of us. And you know, as we get older, uh, for all of us and each of us, we think about, some of you already been there and done that, but you think about life and life without a spouse and some of our widow ladies in here and, and in the church and widowers, it's not easy. And I haven't been there and done it, but I've been around plenty of people who have, and there's nothing easy about that. There's nothing easy about uh, going it alone after we've had you know, after you've had your spouse right there with you. And it's, I think, every man's worst nightmare or every woman's worst nightmare. <clears throat> and sometime being in it, I mean, every time, most of the time, <clears throat> I have met people. I have met a woman that was kind of glad when her husband was gone, which is unfortunate. <laughs> but uh, for most good people, uh, most people that have a good husband-wife relationship, it's uh, it gets a struggle. But I think think for, for us of being able to look for opportunities to be able to help out uh, and help and encourage other people and find people. And even as you knock on doors, you don't ever know what you're coming up against and who is there. You don't ever know being out on the streets in the shopping centers and the malls or any place, but taking a handful of tracks and passing them out and talking to others about the Lord. Now remind us as well of uh, the responsibility that we have to continually set an example for adult children and grandchildren as well. You, we keep in mind that young people are still looking, uh, young older people are still looking at our lives. And it's kind of like, I remember a book, read a book one time, and, and I don't remember much about the book, but the title of it was Finishing Strong. And I've often thought about that. It's just a good motto, Finishing Strong. When all of life is over, and we finish this life, I want to finish it well. And I want to finish it strong and uh, living for God. And sometimes uh, <clears throat> the pastor has a book of, of, that he enjoys reading. I forgot what the title is, something about green something. Uh, <clears throat> but it's an excellent book, uh, and he gave it to me to read. And one of the things that I uh, <clears throat> read in it was about our old sin nature that we have. And it just reminded reminded us and underscored everything that we're born with a sin nature. We all know that. That sin nature is always there. I got saved uh, some 58 years or so ago, but my sin nature is still there. And sometimes 
sometimes we think, well, you know, I want to just, I'm gonna, I want to get so I don't ever have a bad thought. I don't ever be rude. I don't ever be proud. I don't ever be covetous. I want to get to a place where I don't have any concerns or desires that are wrong or, you know, I want to get to that where I don't have the bad thoughts about somebody. Or, you know, I want to get to a place where I have none of that. But, you know, as long as we're in the body, we still carry that old sin nature with us. And it's unfortunate that it's there. But it gives us an opportunity to put God on the throne of our lives. And when he's on the throne, then I have the ability, like Paul, who says, I die how often? Daily. I mean, every day he has to get up and have a funeral service for himself. But I died yet. He said, I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. In Galatians 2.20. And back in 19... Uh, 65 when my wife and I met and we got married in 66 and I'm just praying I got those dates right uh, uh, but when we got married we said well let's let's decide on a, a kind of a life verse that we could have together and so together well, I keep in mind I had been saved less than a year at that time and we were looking and thinking and we both came up with the with Galatians 2:20. And so the, the reference to it, the, the scripture of Galatians 2.20, I, I have engraved inside my wedding band, as she does. And we had them both of wedding bands engraved with that in it, just to remind us of it as well, although I don't ever take it off, just to remind us of it, I know it's there, that that's key to our marriage as well, is dying and to ourselves. And it's just kind of putting ourselves... <clears throat> in the grave and staying there. And sometimes this old ugly self raises up and I have to learn to put it down again. And it's just there all the time. And sometimes I think we have a mind, I've had the mind where at least I think, well, I can't believe I actually had that thought or that action or I said that or, you know, or I didn't do this and I should have. I can't believe that after all these years of being saved, that that ran through my mind, and I remind myself, my old sin nature is still with me, and so is yours. But thank God, <clears throat> greater is He that's in you than He that's in the world, the devil, <clears throat> and the world and the flesh. And I have Christ, and I have the Lord, and I have the victory by faith that's in Jesus Christ. And by the way, I don't know if you've ever <clears throat> thought about. <clears throat> Uh, like Galatians 2.20, where I, I think about where crucified with Christ, nevertheless I live, yet not I, but Christ live. In the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God. And the whole idea there, and I, I, that confused me. I mean, I know Christ has faith, but the faith of his faith, the faith of the Son of God, <laughs> it, was, um, it was actually a word that's used. It's like the idea, it's called a genitive, but it's saying the faith of which Christ is the object, and that's the idea of it. It's not my, it's not my trust in His faith, 
It's the faith of the Son of God, the faith of the Son of God, of which the Son of God is the object of my faith. It's what I believe Jesus Christ can do in my life and through my life that counts. It's nothing else because I have nothing of my own. I know what my flesh is like, and you probably know what yours is like as well, and it's not pretty. But thankfully, we have Christ, and the victory is in Jesus Christ alone for each of us um, all the time. So I think we use our, our time that we have to continue to be the right example for our children and for our grandchildren to set the example. <clears throat> and that's why you think about a marriage that you, you keep working. And I realize there's been plenty of people in here that have been divorced. But I just remind us, I mean, thank God that that could all be in the past. And it may not have even been your fault. So there's, there's no blame. So I'm just saying for all of us in our present status, whatever it might be, as Paul talked about, <clears throat> that we keep on keeping on for Jesus Christ and realize that he has done for us much more than we ever deserve. And then I realize then that my life, you say, well, but do you, you as a, as a spouse, a husband or wife, do you, all, do you as a couple, do you all ever have problems? The answer is yes, we've had plenty of problems. But the good thing is we don't go to bed at night without resolving the problems. Uh, so we deal with them. So they are there for sure. They're there. You deal with them uh, and go. And, and it's always occurred to me. And I thought, you know, we only have like like our pastor. We only have one child, our son. And we had we had uh, lunch with him and his wife yesterday up at Fisherman's Village that Tom and Jenny told us about years ago. We met them and uh, we went up there for our, our lunch. <clears throat> but anyhow, <clears throat> I've often thought I would rather be dead than do something wrong with my wife or my life that my son would see because I want to be the example to the day I die uh, and I'd rather be and and, I, and by the way if I die on the way home today it's not because there's anything in my life it's just that I happen to die but I don't ever want to die I'd rather be dead than I would violate and hurt a child or a grandchild uh, as well. But never take your spouse for granted. I, I think whoso find the wife find a good thing and obtain the favor of the Lord in Proverbs 18.22. And I praise the Lord for a godly wife of 57 years that the Lord has blessed us and, uh, and a godly son and a few uh, grandchildren, four grandchildren, a few great-grandchildren, but I'm thankful. I'm thankful for the privilege we have as Christian people to have the Bible to be a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path to give us the direction that we need in our lives until Jesus comes back. Let's pray together. Father in heaven, thank you so much for loving us like you do and caring about us and meeting all of our needs and Lord, we're just thankful that we have thee to lean upon all the time. I pray, dear God, you'll help us to walk in the Spirit and honor the Lord Jesus Christ in our lives with all that we do. We pray you'll bless in the service to come and continue to bless Pastor and Kathy. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. If you would like to know more about the Lord Jesus Christ, you may contact us at the church website, gospelbaptistchurch.com. Or you can go to Facebook and type in Gospel Baptist Church, Bonita Springs, Florida. Also, you could call the church office at 239-947-1285.
Thank you, and God bless.